Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel. There's a few things that that we all should remember uh, when trying to to help out either in our community, uh, Valley County, the state, the country, the world. Um, There's a few things that you want to check off your your list when trying to help an organization or do the work yourself, and that is uh, we want to make sure that that Christ is shared. That's first and foremost, that no matter what you're doing, that that Christ is shared in that activity. Otherwise, we're just filling a physical need, and we're not pointing to the eternal value of Christians going to the corners of the world. Um, the, the next thing is, is that you're actually filling a need, not just a selfish desire to, to do something. Um, and uh, lastly, uh, just that your, your money is being well used. You want to research whoever uh, it is that you may be donating to or working with, that they're not uh, spending some of that money frivolously. And so uh, this, Operation Christmas Child, we've, we've gone through, it's been around for a long time. Nine dollars is all it takes to get a box all the way around the world and to share the gospel and to also have follow-up. And so that's the activity that we're gonna be doing after church today. Right after church, we're heading to the old sanctuary. Um, Julie has all the tables set up. She's spent a couple days this week uh, coming in and making sure that it's gonna be as easy and as as, uh, seamless as possible. And so uh, we'll we'll just be having instructions and it's gonna be really easy just to pack all of these boxes, get them all uh, put together, Pray for them, uh, and then uh, right after that, uh, we're going to have some sub sandwiches from uh, Subway and, and, and some salad, and we'll, we'll eat together, fellowship together, and so it's going to be a good day after church. Uh, stick around. Uh, you'll definitely have a, a, a good time. Everybody's invited to that. Please yeah, everybody. You don't have to have brought any donations. Um, you can definitely uh, also, uh, just the $9 she was talking about, you can always uh, throw that in the offering and just um, put on their uh, OCC or Operation Christmas Child in the memo. Um, and then uh, a couple things coming up uh, in, the, in the next week. Uh, we have Harvest Festival. Uh, that, that's coming up next week, and this is a, a chance uh, that we can give of first fruits. And so, around this time, we're finishing. Everybody should be just about finishing up with harvest. And uh, so, since we're a farming community, we like to go around that time where, uh, as God tells us, to give of our first fruits when we tithe. And so, that's our that's what we do here as a church family. And everything that we give next week will not stay here in this building. It'll go out uh, to our community and, and missionaries that we support throughout the year. Um, and then also, don't forget, we all have smartphones. If you don't have a smartphone, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. There's one, two, two people. Um, so if you have a smartphone, you don't have to worry about this. This used to be a big announcement we had to do. Daylight savings time is coming. Um, and so just remember, it's fall back. We're going back an hour uh, and so just remember that. And then the last thing that, that I'm going to have, I think, is um, we still have five, five children uh, at Costa Barnabé Orphanage that need some Christmas sponsors. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I communicate this clearly, is um, all you're doing is taking uh, this little piece of paper I have that has their name and age and what house they live in, um, and then some of their interests, like favorite color, favorite movie, um, favorite activity, what they want to be when they grow up. And you just take that. Uh, and then as you're just doing your normal shopping or anything like that, uh, searching on Amazon, find a few things that you can just shove in this, this envelope. It's not a lot. 
Uh, and so it ends up being a lot of candy, uh, maybe some notes from your kids that you can all get together and pray for, um, whoever it is that, that's on here. And then um, beyond that, that's, that's really it. You just bring it back to me, and I make sure that it gets to the proper kid when we get to Guatemala. And, and at Christmas time, uh, what we're doing with these last five children is once these are done, every child in the orphanage will have something to open up on Christmas morning. And so that's the goal that the orphanage had. And then uh, as I shared last week, they asked how many we could handle. Um, we've already got 13 done, and so five more. So 18 total that, that we as a, a church family are are getting put together, and so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. If you'd like to if you'd like to be a part of this, either come see me after church. Sometimes I get a few people around me, and that doesn't necessarily happen. It's hard to get in touch with me. These will also be sitting um, in the the main office all week long, and you can just stop by and pick them up and, and take them with you. And Breezy also knows what's going on with them, so she can help you out if uh, if she's in there to help you out. And the last announcement I have is it's been a while since you guys have gotten an email, but uh, you'll be getting an email tomorrow uh, from us that talks about uh, the Darbys. Uh, as you remember, they uh, had a kid about eight, eight weeks early. I was going to say eight months early. Wow. Eight, eight weeks early. And, uh, and they are home. They're settled in, kind of getting some stuff. And so now they're kind of just uh, ready for us to kind of bless them with food and, and different things like that. So you'll be getting an email. And in that email, there's just instructions to sign up and kind of what their, uh, what their food likes are. It's just a way for us to absolutely bless them. She goes back to work tomorrow. And so uh, she is a teacher in uh, Wolf Point and he is a, is the janitor, uh, is a janitor in the school there. And so uh, just be thinking, hey, I, I want to sign up on that and, and get on that train. Cool? Great. And, and I just want to share that the Darbys are a little unique in that um, everybody that has a, a, a baby while they're here, uh, we, we do this. We, we try as a church family to come around and make a few meals. We wait a little bit. As, as uh, some of you may know, when something happens in your life that, that's pretty big, you have a, a wedding or a funeral or a baby born, that first couple weeks, everybody wants to help. And then about Three weeks in, four weeks in, you're like, where'd everybody go? I really need help right now. And so we kind of, we kind of get through that wait period, and that's when we try to help uh, when, when people uh, have children. The Darbys are kind of unique because they did have a premature baby, and they were in Billings for several weeks. And so a few weeks ago, we did do a pounding just to try to get them through that. And now we're just doing the normal stuff. So in case you're like, why are these guys getting a bunch of stuff? Because uh, yep. we love them and they've, they've been through some stuff, so we want to just come by and support them. Absolutely. You'll notice in your seat back in front of you, there's three by five note cards. Every week we ask you guys to uh, fill out your prayer requests and just kind of put them in the offering plate as it goes by. And this is where we get to come together on uh, Sunday mornings as a church and, and pray together and uh, lift up our requests to God. And so if you have a prayer request, would you please just take that three by five note card out, uh, write on it and drop it in the offering plate as it goes by. And, uh, and we will be um, praying this whole entire week. There's a couple that I... Uh, there's a couple things that I would like you to put on your prayer requests. Um, tomorrow at 8 o'clock, uh, we will be having Mary Pattison's funeral here. And so, uh, I'm sorry, did I say 8 o'clock? Sorry, 11 o'clock. Wow, I will be here at 8. 
if not sooner. Uh, but uh, the funeral is at 11 o'clock. And so uh, just be praying for the Pattison family and the Etchhart family and the Baumgartners and everybody who is uh, involved in, in that family. Would you just keep them in your prayers? And then yesterday, um, we heard of, a, of an accident. Uh, Dawson Olfert, he lives up in uh, Luster, Montana. He fell down the stairs and broke his neck. And so he is uh, in the hospital right now, um, and he'll be going into surgery at some point. I don't know when. I just have that sort of information and stuff. But would you just be praying for them, uh, Alicia and their five children, and uh, just lift them up in your prayers. Um, and, yeah, they're down in Billings right now. So would you pray with me this morning? Hey, Jeremy, Father God. You are greater than we could ever imagine. There is no words to describe you. We can try and they all come up short. And yet God, in your infinite grandeur, you decide that you want a relationship with us. It's because of who you are. You are love and, and love shares life and love encourages and, and gives hope. God, every week we come together and we know we're going to worship you because you are our hope and, and every single one of us in this room comes with something. Whether we expressly can, well, whether we can say it expressly or, or, or not, um, Lord, every single one of us needs a fresh connection with you. God, you are waiting for us. You don't need to be invited to come in because you're already there. It's, it's us going to the door and opening or it's us just being aware of who you are. God, this earth continues to spin and move and... Lord, there's a season for everything, like Brian said. And Lord, uh, in, in every one of them, can we see, see who you are? And can we give you praise? But God, can we also just drop things at your feet? Lord, we know people have been in the hospital for, for weeks now just needing you. needing encouragement from you, uh, that despair wouldn't set in. God, we thank you for times in which we can spend time with you. And as we're spending time with you, Lord, would you just please uh, speak to our hearts and would you draw us closer to you? And God, when the world seems to be a wreck all around us, would you be our anchor? Because, God, I, I, I know that there are people who just need to come closer to you. In every single one of these prayer cards that are, that are sitting here, Lord, we know people are praying for people's souls to come to you. God, would you help us to be the agents in that? Would you help us to find the right words at the right time or... Just the words that you even give us, would we just be open to allowing people 
the opportunity to know you a little bit more. Help us to be bold. Help us to um, walk in your spirit. God, this is your church and we are your people. Lord, as we worship today, would our hearts be connected with you? And would we desire your presence? In your holy name we pray, amen. I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward and they'll take our morning's offerings and then the worship team will lead us in worship. Hey, if you are three years old to third grade, you can head on out into the entryway and Amy will make sure you get to the right place to go. And if you're in here and you have your Bibles, would you flip open to Romans chapter 12 with me? Romans chapter 12. We're going to camp there in verse 2 for just a little bit. But uh, hey, I want to catch you up to speed on what's been going on here. We've been, for the last two weeks, this is the third week now, going through a series in worship. And so uh, today's sermon series, or today's sermon is Worship in Mind. Worship in Mind. It kind of all stems from looking at uh, Mark. Um, Mark 6 actually is what it is. Can you pull that up for me really quick if you have that ability? No, that's fine. Sorry, Mark 12. Here we go. It's Matthew 6 later on. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And as we've been looking into worship, it's a whole entire approach. This week, it's been kind of interesting as I've been going through looking at, hey, what does it look like in heart and soul and mind? And, and I used to think that they were maybe separate. And I used to think, uh, well, how can you do each one maybe separately and then bring it all together? And, and I think that as I've looked at it this week, it's all at once. It's all at once. The heart affects the soul. The soul affects the mind. And the mind... If you've ever heard before, it, it says this, the longest journey a man will ever take is the 18 inches from his head to his heart. And, and the mind actually goes into the heart and brings us all in together to actually serving, which we're going to talk about not next week, but two weeks later. And so we've kind of defined biblical worship as this. Biblical worship is a response in our heart, soul, mind, and strength to who God is and what he has done. Let me read that one more time. Biblical worship is a response in our heart, soul, mind, and strength to who God is and what he has done. Ezekiel even says it like this. He says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This is what worship is. Last week, um, you kind of could, could have looked at it and said, man, you really focused on worship songs. And I did, I focused on a lot of how we sing songs. But as we're going on in the process, I think the first thing is, is God that changed God changes our hearts to desire to worship him, desire to be with him. And as we connect with him in our soul, our response is to worship him. In fact, John MacArthur says it like this. He says, worship should be truth, giving voice from the heart in an emotional response or in a soulful response. 
But as we go into worship and mind today, I, I want to ask the question to you is where is your mind when it comes to worship? Not just singing, but worship as a way of life. Because this is what I would say. I would say that today, this is worship when no one is watching. Everybody can see us raising our hands and all, and all that sort of stuff, but this is worship when nobody's watching. This is what's going on in the mind. And if I could give you maybe a little glimpse into that, here's a video for that. I hate to do a lot of the worship music or the modern worship stuff. I think that's great. I just have a few requests for you. And I think I'm speaking for a lot of people here tonight. We're just trying to help, okay? I have three requests, uh, worship pastor. Uh, first request is, it's Sunday morning. It's really early. A lot of us have not had breakfast. Can you one time in our life pick a song with a key we can sing in just one time? <laughs> Something that a normal human can latch on to, Chris Tomlin. Can you do that, please? It's okay to laugh. I'm not Barry White. I'm not a BG. Can you pick something in the middle? I can't. I, I'm going to faint right now. <laughs> Request number two. I like the modern worship songs, but can we mix in a few more hymns? Because... At least with hymns, you know when the song is over. Oh, you used to be able to plan your day around a hymns, like first, second, fourth, first, go home. You know what I'm saying? Some worship songs, you don't know when they're going to end. It's a good thing you have a chair in front of you for support. Like, I could sing of your love forever. I could sing 10 minutes later. I could sing... Are we going to sing of his love really forever? I mean, I love Jesus. We got to go. I got things to do. Lord, I'm just going to lay here prostrate before a prostrate. Prost. Prostrate. What is it? Prostate or prostrate? I don't know. No. That R is so important. <laughs> oh, don't you judge me. You know some of you done that. Sing at the top of your lungs, let angels prostate fall. <laughs> God's going, that ain't how it goes, Brother Tim. What are you singing to me? Angels, come here. They're singing about your prostate. Get over here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Should have wore a belt. <laughs> Request number three, worship pastor. You wonder why sometimes men don't sing a lot in church. I think I know why. A lot of new songs are written with a female's way of, of expressing love. And men and women express love differently. You know, and, and men, we just don't know how to get into it as much, you know, because it's all, you know, like, I want to see your face. I want to touch your face. I want to get to know you. We're like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I love him. I don't want to touch his face. That's creepy. And that's fine. Just write a few songs that men can worship to, you know? Watch the game with me, Lord. 
Just sit here in silence. No talking or questions. And fall asleep halfway through. Guys would be going, that is so anointed. Oh my gosh. And I completely understand that when we keep talking about worship, that some of you may think, well, you keep bringing it back to music and music over again. Here's the deal. I want to show that to you because, first of all, there's so many things wrong with that, right? Like, you're responsible adults. Get ready for church beforehand. Eat breakfast before you come, right? Those types of things. But, uh, hey, the, the thing I think about is this, is it gives such a good example to where our minds can go. Uh, not only just when we're in worship, but when we walk through the rest of the days of our lives. There are things in our lives that completely take us out of worshiping God. Why is it that we can wake up in the morning and some of you are so super chipper and you can wake up and you can get into the Bible and you're like, yeah, I'm worshiping Jesus. And 20 minutes later, milk spills on the table and you're just like, ah, my day is ruined, right? It takes us out of it. But where are our minds when when we're in everyday process with God. And so that's what I want to tackle this morning, and that's what I want to look at in, in worship this morning is, hey, let's get in the mindset of worship in the right mind all the time. Romans 12.2 says it really great. It says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, all of these verses, by the way, I'm just going to let you know, keep on reminding me that, man, as we're working on our mind, we're also trying to work on our soul, our souls connecting with God over and over again. Because last week we talked about it. Remember that our souls want to know the will of God. God has created us for this. So are you renewing your mind or are you just continually going, well, this is what I did yesterday. I'm going to continue on that path or actually seeking God, what's going on? What in my mind is taking me away from your ways? Are we being transformed by the renewing of our mind? Isaiah 38, three says it like this. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and I've served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. I love this story, by the way. Uh, Prophet comes and says to a king, hey, you are about to die. Your days are numbered. And he sits there and he just prays this. God, I have wanted to serve you single-mindedly. He's not separated in his mind. He is focused on God alone. And God's response to him is unbelievable. His, God's response to him is, since you've done this and since I do remember these things, I will extend your life. How great would it be that when we're single-mindedly following God, it's all about him. Now, I know we could make the argument that maybe he's sitting there like being a little bit selfish. Why can't he just... Why can't he just be okay with the days that are numbered in him? But I love the idea that he came back and said, I've been single-mindedly following you. 
So if we're renewing our mind and we want to be single-mindedly on God, what does it mean then for us to worship in mind? So if you're taking notes with me, the very first one this morning is we choose to worship in mind means we choose to seek God always and throw off all distractions. To seek God always and throw off all distractions. When something comes in to your life, how do you respond to it? Do you respond in worship? Do you respond in bitterness? Do you respond in anger? Do you do the right thing? Like what we say is do the Christian thing, which is I know I'm supposed to pray, but do you believe in the prayer, the power of prayer? Or is it just something you simply go, well, I prayed about it. It's supposed to work itself off. Or do you seek God single-mindedly and throw off all distractions? I will tell you that I am not good at this. I will talk to everybody else in my life before I talk to God. And guess what I say to that? I say, well, the Bible tells me that I should go to wise counsel. I use stuff like that. Or I may just go back to those verses that I might have known a little bit. Ah, I, I remember that verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We got this. Right, Brad? He makes fun of me for that because I think that's the most misquoted verse ever. Do I seek God always and throw off all distractions? Or do I try to wade through the distractions to find God? Ephesians 4, 18 looks like this. This is what God says to the people. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. We don't want to be closed-minded people who walk around in darkness. If we talked about last week about worshiping and allowing the spirit to come in us and to and to guide and direct us. We want the things of God. But instead, sometimes we do choose the darkness. We choose to walk around blindly. And we just hope that maybe we get God's will. But worship means that we choose to seek God's ways always. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9 says this. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that they may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. This next part's great. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I would love to read this piece of scripture and, and just really get down and out. But I think that this scripture is unbelievably encouraging. Man, seek God now. Jesus says the kingdom of God is here. Walk in that. He says, know that I'm God and I'm walking with you and I want to show you what it really means to live. Seeking God has never been easier because 
we can find him. And then he says, and oh yeah, by the way, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you're going through a hard time, you can have my thoughts. I will share them with you if you would come after me. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. C.S. Lewis says it even better than I can. He says, I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And what I mean by that is this, is that when we seek God, we have his answers. His, we try to do everything in a worldly response, and God calls us to his kingdom, to another world. We want to experience him, and the way we do that is by seeking God in our minds and throwing off all distractions. Number two, worship in mind means that we want to know God and his ways. Pretty close to the same thing that I just said. But instead of seeking, now we want to put them in us. We want to walk with them. We want to know God and his ways. Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Do you, do you know Christ? Or do you just kind of come to the point of going, hey, thanks Christ for dying for my sins. Have you walked with him to know what he loves and what his heartbeat is? Or do we simply tell God what he should be doing in our lives? You've heard me say that over and over again. But worship in mind means we want to know God and his ways. 2 Peter 3.18 says it like this. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. If we're seeking God and knowing God, we realize that it's this right here. That all glory belongs to God. That whatever is going on in our lives and, and whatever joy we have and whatever sorrow we have, we can praise God in the midst of every single one of them. It's us that need a mindset change. A different perspective, if you will. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture 
is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. If there is ever something that's going on in our world today that's maybe a little wrong, it is, it is this, is, is that we don't have a high regard for Scripture like we should. This is the love letter of God. This is his words to us. It gives encouragement. It gives instruction. It inspires us. It teaches us. It changes us. It moves us. And yet all we really want to do in this world is to look at the scripture and go, I don't think that really is what it means. I don't think it says what it's supposed to say. I think actually this is what it was supposed to say, so I'm going to live my life that way. If we want to know God and know his ways, his scripture should be tantamount in our life. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm saying that to you all. Because I think what happens, going back to what I was talking about prayer a little bit ago, I think what happens is we want to pray to God and tell him what we think we should do. And God is sitting there going, I've already told you. I've already told you. Would you seek the scriptures? Would you allow it to sink in? Would you allow it to show you where you're thinking wrong? Would you allow it to show you where to go? I want a high regard for scripture because that is how I know God the best. When I have his words in my heart. Number three, worship in mind means that we follow God for the rest of our days. That we follow God for the rest of our days. one thing to seek God. It's one way to want to know God, but then we have to do something with it. Romans 8, 5 through 6 says those, this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What is your mind controlled by? Is it controlled by following the things of God? Do you find that you're more worried about life than than most things? Do you kind of just sit there and, and try to piece everything together to make it work for you? I heard this quote, we were at annual conference this week, and this quote really just blew my mind, and it said this. It said, my concern, it was a, it was a pastor talking to um, it, it was a pastor talking to a, um, 
a missionary that had come from overseas to visit his church. And he said, hey, what do you, what do you think about our church and our, and our uh, American church? And he says, my concern with the church is that if the Holy Spirit withdrew from the church, 90% of what we would do would not change. My concern with the church is that if the Holy Spirit withdrew from the church, 90% of what we do would not change. My concern with Christians is that if the, if the Holy Spirit withdrew from them, 90% of what they did would not change. It's a scary thought to think about because then I think to myself going, well, did I have the Holy Spirit in the first place? Was I, was I walking in God's truth? Brian has on his whiteboard when you walk in his room, I don't know if he's erased it or not, but he's like, I do not want to be, I do, I do not want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. And in fact, actually, there's multiple verses in Acts where people are just sitting there going, these people are crazy-minded people. And the response to them is, hey, they're not crazy-minded people. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They're letting the Holy Spirit guide and direct their thoughts. I want to follow God. I want to do the things of God and not just simply have God in my buffet in front of me and maybe pick him whenever I want. Jürgen Moltmann says it like this, and it's in, your, uh, it's in your bulletin. It says, faith, wherever it develops into hope, causes not rest, but unrest. It does not calm the unquiet heart, but it is itself this unquiet heart in man. Those who hope in Christ can no longer put up with the reality as it is, but begin to suffer under it, to contradict it. Peace with God means conflict with the world. What he's saying in the whole entire thing is as we've come to the point of allowing God to change our hearts and our souls are connected with God and our mind is being taken over by the Holy Spirit and we think and act like God would, there's going to be struggle. It's actually going to be more unrest than it is rest. But the peace of God comes into our hearts and we know and we have faith that he has everything under control. It does not mean that we sit back and we don't do anything anymore, that we've ever arrived in a place because I would love to say that we will get to a point where we never have to worry about anything ever again, that God's got it all handled. But no, what it means is that in every moment we can have peace with God. That we are in complete worship with him 24-7. That nothing is distracting us, that we seek God always in every moment, that we desire to know God and who he is, and that we follow in that every single second of our lives.
Philippians 4.8 can't say it any better than this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Did you get that? The very last part is worthy of praise. These things that as we know God's ways and as we seek his ways and follow his ways, they are praise. And I'm going to ask the worship band to come up and we're, we're going to close the service in singing oceans. But here's what I thought about this week. Is, is there are some of us who maybe haven't even, have maybe thought that we could skip a couple um, steps in this process and gone, no, I can just go straight to singing a song. And I want to ask you is, where is your heart today? Have you come to the place in your life where you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I mean, you, you need to understand this. That Jesus, that God at the very beginning allowed us to have a place in which we could have a personal relationship with him. That these things of always following God's way and knowing God and following God aren't some lofty, unattainable goal, but they're right here in front of us. And it's this simple, like you need to know Jesus God in the flesh came as one of us. That he died because of us and rose victorious. So that any one of us in this room, you and me included, could put our faith in him. That we could be forgiven of our sins and have a new life as we walk out of this room today. For eternity, truly forever and ever. And it'll be a way better song to sing of his love forever in heaven with him. So here's the deal. During this song, if you would like to be a part of that faith, you are among family. Those of us who have accepted Jesus and you're, you're in good company because we've all had to come to that point in our life where we sit there and we say, no, this is the true heart of it. That my mind isn't with God always. That my heart is a long way from my mind. And that my soul is not connected with God. And so if you wanna make that decision, you, you can do that without any one of us leading you. Simply thank God for his provision in your life, for his forgiveness upon you that he would see that he wants a relationship with, that you would see that he wants a relationship with you. Would you accept it? Or would you start walking in your mind? Because in two weeks, we're gonna talk about strength. And that all has to come from God. And so would you do the work during this song? And then Brian's going to come up and close us at the end.
I uh, sometimes talk with people that aren't Christian. They come as a shock. Um, but even with uh, some Jesus-believing Christians, we'll have a, a secular conversation. We'll be talking about maybe um, hunting or fishing or that's what I talk about. Uh, I don't know, winning the lottery, politics, anything like that. And, and I, I sometimes, I'm not perfect, but sometimes I'll, I'll turn the conversation towards God and, and, and why I feel the way I feel about X, Y, and Z. And I'll, I'll hear the phrase from non-Christians and Christians alike, don't bring God into this. Don't get all Christian-y on me. Those same people will come later and they'll say, I'm not hearing from God right now. Can you please explain to me like how I can hear from God, how I can navigate this life when I'm not hearing from God? So I'll be like, well, where are you at in the Bible right now? And they'll be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Nowhere? Okay, well, that's where he talks. So it's like you're saying, my mom never calls, but you don't have a phone. Like, we have to, we have to put effort in. We have to... We have to seek God. And so the, this analogy, and I, I feel like I heard it from Seth, but it, it may have been somebody else. But the analogy was uh, easy for us to understand here in northeastern Montana. There's mornings when we have to go out and start our car because it is cold. And those cars, you know, maybe we've plugged them in or whatever, but we, we've got to start them, get them warmed up. And so let's imagine that, that cold, negative, horrible 20 degree weather we go out and we, we start our car and we, we let it run 10, 15, 20 minutes. And now it's toasty. Like you can look out your window, you can, you can see your car and it's like, like steam rising off of it. You didn't have to like scrape anything. The car's done all the work. You, you get out into your car and you're getting ready to make your drive to wherever you're going, work or school. You leave the heater on, but you roll down all the windows. And then you start complaining about why it's cold. Why is it so cold right now? I've got the heater on. Why is it so hard in my life right now? I go to church on Sundays. I do those things that I'm supposed to check off. Bring God into the equation. Roll up the windows, pull out the earbuds. Think about the things that we're putting in instead of God. What, what podcasts, what music, what Netflix you're binging. Put a, a screen, screen little thing on, on your phone to, to see how, how, how much screen time you have a day in here that is not on the Bible, that is not in God's word, that is not in relationship seeking him, Bible study, I don't even, good counsel. I'm afraid that if we tried to get in a good relationship with God, most of us wouldn't even know how to roll the windows up. We know how to start the car. We know how to turn the heat on. If we want to worship God with our mind, we've got to get all Christian-y. We've got to bring God into the conversation. Every conversation, every motive, Every sale you make at work, every client you talk to, every relative that you deal with, every drive that you make, 
every homework assignment that you turn in, every shirt that you put on, every conversation that you have, get God into it. Roll the windows up, focus, focus. And here's the, here's the beautiful part, is the more and more we do that, the easier and easier it becomes. God starts to do this effort for us. We can see how he's working in our life. We can see that he's actually been there all along. He's the one that's helping us do all of this. I'm so excited. I say this, I try to say some form of this every Sunday because we're there, right? Like, like as a church family, we're there. We're so close to this community seeing the gospel lived out joyously and worshiping with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. People can't deny it if you get all Christian-y on them. Let's pray. Lord, we don't even deserve you. We, we oftentimes in, in our minds, in our heart, our soul, with our strength, we, we end up loving ourselves as ourselves. We sometimes forget you, we often forget our neighbors, and we, we focus internally on us and what will make us temporarily happy eternally doesn't strengthen us at all. And so Lord, I pray that, that you can help us get out your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword and cut stuff from our life. Lord, I'm not asking for a, a drastic change in my life or anybody else's. Maybe that's what you need to do, but Lord, just, just help us with one more thing today, one more step today, one more conversation today, and then tomorrow it's two more. Lord, help us. Lord, we need your strength, we need your guidance, we need your spirit. Lord, we want to hear from you again in our lives, and I know that there's there's one person here today that this is exactly what they needed to hear, Lord. May you give them the strength to cross that line of faith, to come back to you. Lord, as a church family, we're all parts of this body, and may you guide us to the individual things that you're working on our life with. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. In your holy name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.